Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Greetings from Jerusalem. My name is David Nekrutman. My name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. Well, David, over the past two episodes, we have been wading into the cultural wars. We've been dealing a lot with a serious issue, the issue of abortion. Yes, and we said thank you to Ben Shapiro for, at least from my point of view, as the Orthodox Jew, siding on the more conservative approach to Judaism's view on the issue of abortion, where... You just can't have drive-by abortions. True. He is actually obviously pro-life, and he says that is the Jewish position, the basic Jewish position. As we've mentioned in the previous podcast, I am myself pro-choice in terms of legislation. Whether I would feel that way in my own personal life is a different question. That's a different issue to discuss. But there is a broader perspective within Jewish law that I think Ben Shapiro is actually presenting. Right, which is one of the things that he was addressing to one of the podcasts that you produce on JewishCoffeeHouse.com. Ben Shapiro was responding to the podcast and saying, so you don't believe there's a governing principle about the issue of abortion. And the show named... Chokhmat Nashim. Which is the wisdom of women. And it's a show about Orthodox women and issues within Orthodoxy with women's issues. And the show itself then said, that's exactly the point, Ben. That's exactly it. There is no official governing position in the sense that... That sounds like there's no law, but no, in the sense that it must be taken on a case-by-case basis. Right. And there, I would actually agree with Ben Shapiro, and not with the podcast that you produce, is that there is a governing principle when it comes to Judaism vis-a-vis abortion, that we do not believe, if you just feel that you don't want to have the child, without a risk to the mother's life physically, and then we'll discuss the issue of emotionally in the podcast later on, that you just can't choose to go ahead and abort the baby. Judaism doesn't give free choice in that particular position from a Orthodox Jewish point of view. And in that sense, the recent legislation in New York permitting abortion up to birth is something that Jews might agree with it as a piece of legislation, but they would not be able to do that without getting a religious authority to sign off and say it is allowed in this case, because in many cases, it would not be allowed according to Jewish law. Correct. And I say that as someone who believes that sometimes it is allowed. It is certainly not allowed in any case for any reason. There generally has to be some form of threat to the life of the mother, perhaps broadly defined, but still some sort of threat to the life of the mother. And therefore, what is the governing principle? I would say everyone is created in the image of God. Last time we talked about Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, and there's two ways to read that verse. Scott, you did a great job last time in explaining the whole comma of where, where you actually insert the comma in understanding the verse. And I came from the point of view that it's a person within a person. And what I said was that it is one who sheds the blood of a man, comma, by man his blood shall be shed. Rather than discussing a man within a man or a human within a human, which is about abortion, it's instead talking about license to have capital punishment. Okay, so two different approaches, but from the approach that it's talking about abortion, taking place after the flood of Noah, and there's a covenant with humanity, therefore there seems to be an emphasis about the issue of killing a baby within the womb of a mother. Assuming you read it that way, correct. Right, if you read it that way, which then is rooted into when God creates humanity, he's creating humanity in the image of God. And this also has another ramification, which obviously is part of what you said, but calling it a human within a human 
אדם באדם. In that sense, it means that a fetus is a living human being rather than a part of the mother. That is an implication of the way that you read it rather Correct. than the way that I read it. Right. So my argument, my first argument from a very conservative point of view on the pro-life spectrum within Orthodox Jewish law is not only is it prohibited, but it's also a person. It means it's murder. And therefore, if you do it without a threat to the mother's life, you would be violating murder. And in fact, that verse also tells me, the way you're reading it, if I do murder... Then one can receive capital punishment. Correct. There's an important point which we should make, though. If it's true that they're both human beings, according to this way of reading the verse, in that case, one should ask, why would one be ever allowed to abort a fetus, even if there is danger to the mother? In other words, if they're both human beings... Perhaps I should just let, let them work it out, and whoever survives, survives. How do I have license to kill the baby if it is a human being rather than the mother? So in Jewish law, that would often be in something called din rodef, which means the law of the pursuer. The law of the pursuer is that if somebody is running after somebody to kill him, a bystander can and should kill the one trying to kill the other person. If that's the only way to save Correct. your own life. If the only way, or to save somebody else's so, life. Somebody else's life. So if the only way to save somebody else's life is by killing the pursuer, one may do so. And this can even apply, presumably, if the pursuer is not conscious of doing so. In that sense, a baby who is a threat to the mother's life while the baby is in the womb is unintentionally a rodef, a pursuer, and that gives license to someone to abort that baby. That's why even though they're both equal human beings, according to this way of looking at it, one can still say that the baby's life does not take precedence, the mother's does. So the next podcast, I want to go into this because I think for our greater audience that has a very fundamental approach to scripture and doesn't look at other thematic themes that are happening at the same time in Scripture and putting it together to come to a decision within Jewish law of what you're supposed to do and how do you go ahead and actually, in cases of the mother's life being in danger, how are you allowed to make an abortion? How can we do that? This takes under the rubric of you have to look at other things that are in the Bible as well as the development of Judaism over thousands of years and its engagement with the word of God, along with the revelation that God has given with us. David, that's such an important point, something which I always emphasize to my students and in other podcasts where I talk about Jewish law, is that any one line in the Bible or in rabbinic literature taken out of context, or even taken in context, but taken in isolation, cannot alone be the source of Jewish law. We have to look at the huge gamut of Jewish jurisprudence to understand how the law developed and how we actually decide the law today. I'm Scott Kahn. I'm David Nekrutman. Blessings from Jerusalem.